Greetings, listeners, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm Lindsay Pogue, and this week, Lindsay Sparks and I are hosting a very special book chat. What does this mean exactly? Well, we don't have... (laughs) A fancy guest, um, but we are going to be chatting about some fun stuff. We're, tra- we're going to be chatting about uh, Shadow and Bone by uh, Lee Bardugo, and I had to look that up because I wanted to make sure that I didn't pr- mispronounce it, but Lee mm. Bardugo. Uh, specifically, we're going to be kind of comparing, we're going to be talking about what we liked about it um, in both the show and the book, slash, slash books, I guess, if uh, LF has read more than one. I've only read the first one. But anyway, we're going to be I read one and a half. I got distracted by something else. I can't remember okay. what it was. So I think it was, um, I just to point out what it, exactly what it was, I got distracted by A Court of Thorns and Roses. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to be comparing the show versus the book, the first season of the show versus the first book. Um, and likes, dislikes, interesting conundrums, whatever. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, But we definitely, since we are actually going to be talking about a book in all of its entirety, as well as the show, we are, this is a big flashing spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) Nothing is safe. Like if if you're planning on watching this series or reading the book, you should wait. Maybe don't listen to this. Yeah. If, unless you don't care, that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't tend to really care about spoilers because I forget about them after someone says them, so they don't really bother me. But I know Dennis always always like, you are such a spoiler. Like, you spoil everything mm. for everybody because <laughs> I don't think about it. So I'm warning everybody now. We are going to be talking spoilers for sure. Yes. But anyway, so we'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, it is this is a we this is our first late night recording in a long time. Yeah, I feel like I the feel- last time we had uh, an evening one, it was just the two of us, too. Yeah. Which, so, other than the fact that we're both super tired, I really yeah. like the evening <laughs> I'm delirious right now. Yeah. So we, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, we're both on the West Coast, so it's it's past 8 p.m. here. Um, so Thursday night, right? It's Thursday. It's been kind of a crazy yeah. whirlwind of a week. It's Thursday. Um, anyway, so this is just kind of like a, it's like, I feel like I got to wind down real quick and be like, it's the end of our day. Cause I'm, let's be clear. I'm already in my pajamas, guys. Like mm. right when we're done here. I'm gonna be yeah. I'm like, again, not sure if I ever got out of my pajamas. So okay. this is just right. apparently a lifestyle choice for me at this point. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, well, because it is an evening show though, does that mean you are drinking a cocktail or wine tonight? I am drinking a very uh, generous glass of pour. Wine. Oh, so it's a Lindsay yeah. pour. It, and when Lindsay I, it's, pour. it's really funny because when I say that to you, it could go for both of us and it can both be yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I actually, these days, these days I usually do light pours so that I can feel like I'm having two glasses of wine. <laughs> so I'll do like a yeah. little half glass and then another half glass. Um, just tricking my brain, <laughs> but not tonight. But tonight it's a big one. I mean, it's not like filled to the brim, but you know. I mean, that would be okay. That's a solid, a solid little pour. So that's that's I think in Napa that's a normal pour. It's <laughs> 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 oh, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I was I expecting it, was... it to be closer to the top, but okay. No, <laughs> no, I, I just yeah. No, that's <laughs> then great. I wouldn't be able to finish the show. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, 
I am what about drinking. You? Yeah. So uh, it's funny you say that because I actually poured mine a little while ago because I was just like, because I'm going to be going to bed pretty much right after this. I'm not going to pour myself like a, you know, so anyways, I've been sipping on it for a solid hour now. I didn't pour much, but I am trying. You like peanut butter, right? I do. But side note, my baby is allergic to peanuts. Well, Dennis has a lot to say about that. I yeah. would be sad. Isn't that sad? Yeah. yeah. We just found well, out. I'm realizing now that I already told you, but I didn't tell listeners, so. Yeah. I mean, and clearly they need to know these things. <laughs> yeah. My baby is allergic to peanuts. Womp womp. We just got his EpiPens. <laughs> oh, are they like normal EpiPens or are they tiny ones for babies? Yeah. No, they're normal. Normal size EpiPens. Oh. I carry them all I mean, the time. I think maybe, maybe they're child ones. I don't know. I think but, it had. Like it strength, you mean? Yeah. It like had it like a, the weight on it was not for a full-size human that's good but the size of the what that would do (laughs) (laughs) really awake (laughs) yeah like really scary um i am drinking dennis um got me some really fun whiskeys to try and so this is my first time trying a whiskey called screwball and it is a peanut butter whiskey and it is probably the most decadent whiskey I have ever tried it's it's like um it's like a Reese's it's not not Reese's because it's it's even it's richer than that even it's like a um it's like a peanut butter cup a really rich peanut butter cup does like kind of like dessert I don't know it's Mm. really good it's really rich um it's definitely a sipper and you definitely have to like peanut butter because it does taste like peanut butter but it's really good it's really like creamy it's just really, it's, um, no, it's not creamy. It's because it just looks like whiskey. Like it's fine. Oh, yeah, but it's, it it's maybe a little syrup, maybe syrupy is what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know. Is this like, because it's sweeter? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, cause maybe not like port is a lot different than just normal yeah. wine. It's kind of like that a little bit. Um, hmm. and just being so sweet. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's definitely, I recommend anybody who, well, I actually don't think it really tastes like whiskey, but maybe I bet you if Dennis tried it, he would probably gag because he hates whiskey. He'd probably like, it still tastes like whiskey. Well, and he'd probably die because it's probably. I was going to say, it. and also I'll try that. But anyway, um, <laughs> if you like whiskey and you like peanut butter, I definitely recommend giving it a, a try because it's. And if it's you're not allergic, <laughs> yeah. If you're not allergic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope if you don't like peanut, you like you, you yeah, you don't indulge in yeah. peanuts or peanut butter if you are allergic. But anyway, yeah, I say give it a whirl. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a firm yes on this. Uh, it's oh. going to be a few and far between. It's not something you can just sip on every night, but it's definitely delicious. But you know me, like I'm not really into sweet, so I think for me, yeah, no, like, it kind I'm- of. I would drink this like instead of having like a Sunday, a f- hot fudge Sunday or dessert. Like I would totally yeah. sip on this after dinner. So. <laughs> mm. Anyway, but yeah. Um, cool. Okay, I know we're <laughs> the book situation. So I'm sure you've been reading, listening, slash any type of consumption of books yeah. possible. I was trying to, and we can get into what I'm listening to or whatever, but I have been listening to so many and reading so many books lately. I didn't even know what to put on the list for tonight. (laughs) So I'm not going to list all of them, but anyway, I'm sure you have something similar because you're doing tons of research too. So what are you currently reading for pleasure? Maybe not for research, but for pleasure. 
Okay. I am going to say one research book because I think it's really interesting. And I think a lot of our listeners who read the kinds of books that we talk about on here will mm-hmm. also think it's interesting. Um, but uh, first off, I <laughs> am on book nine of the Fever series. Um <laughs> No. Did you do, <laughs> just do book one for your book yes. reader club? <laughs> yeah. So this month for my reader, my Facebook reader group, um, our book club book was Dark Fever, just okay. the first book in the series. Which I read um, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah I and I that. really wanted to read it because, uh, reread it. I also read it a long time ago. I really wanted to reread it because I, it has a really great um, dark gray borderline villainous love interest which is like Mm -hmm. i'm like so into that right now and that is very much fits in with um the fateless trilogy which is uh the name of the um third trilogy in my echo world uh and yeah so i was like okay let's like i really want this to be the one that everyone picks come on people so anyway so i started it a few days early before the month started. And now I'm on book nine. <laughs> so That's I do have awesome. to say, um, I, f- so I had previously read the f- original five books, which is very much a self-contained like story arc. It has like a beginning, middle and end it, And you could totally stop there. Um, and I don't know. Some of the choices I don't love, um, I feel like it was a stronger story in those first five books. However, I'm still obviously compulsively reading it. So (laughs) I don't know what that means. Um, But I feel like I, to me, it kind of feels like one of those scenarios where the first five books were so popular that maybe people put pressure on um Karen Marie Monning to continue the series like uh, authors we all know what that feels like yeah um, and like she then was like scrambling to come up with how how to extend it and if you've read the series so book six which is iced is from a different character's point of view we do get a little bit of her point of view in the previous books um Danny uh and then it seemed like then the next, the rest of the books. So the rest of the new books were going to be Danny's story because we already had Mac's story. She had her happily ever after. So it seemed um, from the first five books. Um, and then on book seven burned, it switches back to Mac. And I was like, wait, what? And then there was like some really weird, like plot devices that she used aging up one of the characters in a way weird way. Cause it was like, ice was like a big pedo fest. So, um, I understand why she had to do that. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It's just, it has been interesting. And uh, like, as I'm having these, as I, um, I, you know, like when you obsessively read a series super fast, mm-hmm. you get really drawn into it. And then it's like all you can think about. And then you want to read what other people are thinking mm-hmm. about it. You're looking up other people's reviews and all that stuff. And so then it just like, it's like this big reverberation chamber about the series in my head right now. <laughs> so it's cool though. So yeah. is there only nine books in the series or how many more do you have to read? There are 11 currently. Oh, okay. And I think there might be more. I'm not sure. Honestly. I mean, I thought she was done before, so who knows? Surprise. But it does look like 
the next book. So I just finished Fever Song. Um, and I actually really liked how it ended. The only thing was that I didn't like was this kind of rape justification or um, forgiveness, maybe a rape forgiveness. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not okay with that. Um, but uh, the next book, which is High Voltage, is da- goes back to Danny. And I think it's entirely Danny. So I'm excited about that. So wait, is that this is... I just finished book nine. Right. Is that- but is this what you are, this is separate than what you're reading for your research, right? Wait, so now yeah. I'm confused. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So now the one, lots of research books. I, I'm actually done with the research phase, but I am still reading a couple of like writing craft books in the background while I'm writing. Um, and the one that I wanted to tell you about is called The Heroine's Journey by Gail Carriger. Um, and it's, um, I don't know a ton about like, like craft, honestly, (laughs) like all of my writing is everything I know about writing. I learned from reading for the most part. And then like, once I started writing, as you know, LP knows this, maybe listeners don't. Um, but then after I started writing, I started reading about writing, Mm -hmm. um, but I did not know about this, which is the heroine's journey, which is different from the hero's journey. And um, so like the Joseph Campbell. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that she draws on these th- uh, three myths. So Demeter, uh, the rape of Persephone, uh, and then uh, the Isis myth where she goes around and collects all of Osiris's body parts and then has sex with his dead penis. Um, and- you know, just normal day stuff. Yeah, yeah, to to make Horus. Um, and then uh, Ishtar or Inanna, which is uh, Mesopotamian or Sumerian, I believe. Um, and kind of dissects those and finds the commonalities and pulls out. She's not, Gail Carriger didn't come up with the heroine's journey, but she really like explains how it works and how uh, it, it's a super interesting read about how the heroine's journey is all about like collaboration and coming together Whereas the hero's journey is all about um, they like are strongest when they're isolated and you have to be like stand on your own. And like, you know, it's like a very masculine view of strength versus Mm -hmm. this heroine's journey is, um, is more about like gathering people together and teamwork and kind of being a general instead of a, um, a ball hog, I guess. Um, Anyway. As I'm reading this, I was like, oh, my God, all of my books are heroine's journeys. I didn't even know this. Um, but it it just it has made like different puzzle pieces fit into the correct places in my head. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And so I that's feel like I can mean. now that I know about it, I can lean into it further and just like really strengthen that um, kind of like backbone of my stories. So pretty excited Very about cool. it. Heroine's journey. Yeah, that's neat. La, la, la. I know we have uh, some aspiring authors who listen, so we should definitely make sure we put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> um, okay. So <laughs> I've been doing so much computer stuff. I haven't been writing at all. So uh, I have been um, <laughs> on a <laughs> roll. So I, you know, I one of those audible sales where you pick up a book or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it, it just happened to be I picked up a few, and one of them I was absolutely 
addicted to, speaking of um, Hades and Persephone. So I've never read an L.J. Shin book. She's a romance author. I've never read one of her books before. Um, I read, I picked up this book um, called The Villain, and I didn't realize it was a Hades Persephone story and it's romance. It's, I really, 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 really liked it a lot. Um, and so now I'm reading the rest, all the different people in the series. It's called, this actual series itself is called the Boston Bells or Boston Bell. It's um, all this group of friends. So anyway, uh, so yeah, I, one is um, called, is kind of based on Artemis. So uh, that one's called The Hunter. And then the one I'm reading now is called The Monster, and I'm not quite sure who that. I, I just started it, so I don't even know um, who that's really based on. But it's they're all contemporary, like really like fun romance, like kind of they're kind of actually kind of dark too, which is kind of fun. Um, so anyway, what, what what is Hades like in this contemporary? He's like version? an oil tycoon, um, but Ooh. he's got some really dark sides. Um, hey. Yeah, he's got some really dark sides, but it's not really without reason, which is why it's kind of cool. Like the more you yeah. read it and the more you listen and she's, they call her Perry Persephone and the whole, it's this tug and pull between them through the whole, I mean, they kind of grew up together. He's always been older and he's always been really standoffish and she's always been in love with him. Um, and he's always known that, no, 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 cannot, like he doesn't, he doesn't want to love anybody, whatever, you know, typical stuff. But mm-hmm. um, the author does a really good job of kind of making it original as far as like their personal battles and what they've been through. And I really was kind of, I was just really engrossed. I thought it was really good. Um, hmm. So anyways, I started um, reading or listening through that series on top of other things. Like, do you remember we were going to have, um, we we're going to have Lainey Forbes on the show, but she had some really bad health issues. She's a, mm-hmm. um, she's a historical, uh, historical fantasy author. And I really wanted to read her seventh son series. It's Mesopotamia, mm-hmm. like, um, like Mayan sort of historical fantasy based. And she was going to come on the show. She had some, she still is having, you know, a lot of health issues. So she has, mm-hmm. wasn't able to come on, but I've had her book since we were going to have her on. Um, Cause I had bought it and I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of the genre that I'm starting to write in a lot. And so I just, I, I, I don't want to just wait for her to come on. I wanted to read it. And so I, of course I didn't end up reading it. I bought the audio version, even though I already bought the, you know, ebook or mm-hmm. whatever. But that was really fun, too. And I think um, she has the third. I haven't read or listened to the the second one yet, but it's really cool. It's a lot of her own spin on their mythology. And it's really fun, too. So um, and I think the reason why I was really hankering to listen to it is because I just got back from Mexico. And so I was like I was just steeped in their culture the whole time, you know, learning about Mm -hmm. the Mayans and stuff. So I was really interested in it. And it was really fun. So it's definitely a fun, it's a YA read, um, historical mm. fantasy, but it's, it's still really fun. And of course, you know, there's always the, the love story and everything. Mm-hmm. There's, there's magic and like I said, mythology and stuff. So it was fun. So those are just, um, a few of, a few of them. Um, <laughs> but, and I've also been listening to my own audiobooks because they're being, yeah. you know, published and stuff. So I've been proving those. So just a lot of listening. I haven't yeah. picked up a book or, um, an ebook. I since our last guest, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love but audiobooks. But so it's much. really it's really fun though. I like being able to just have that free time to just get lost in worlds that I just stumble upon, you know. It's fun. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. but yeah. 
What about you as far as work stuff? Because I know you said you're done with all of your research and yeah. you're writing now. I am. So I am uh, writing. Well, okay. So last week was all outlining. Um, so I've got my plot all done. Um, my spreadsheet all filled out. Um, I really like the story. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I did the, so like the way I do it is I know, you know, but listeners don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I have like my spreadsheet that breaks it down, um, into the different store or different plot elements or like act one, act two and act three. Um, and I did the, so I have that part like fleshed out and then I, do really detailed beats because then I dictate it into my voice recorder. Uh, And so in order to like keep track of where I am without looking at what I'm writing, um, I have to have like really detailed bullet point beats Um, because otherwise I will totally get lost and ramble and like go off on some tangent talking about like something that has nothing to do with the story. So I need those to keep me on track. So I printed those out. And uh, today I dictated four chapters, which was awesome. Nice. That's a lot. I know. So uh, I'm hoping to get a little bit more tomorrow. And then uh, on Saturday, I should finish act one. And then I can start writing my beats for act two A. When shiz gets crazy. I guess I could have just said the real word. (laughs) (laughs) I know it doesn't come quite as naturally to you. It's okay. That's all right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I, uh, I just like love the outlining phase so much and like the character development. And there's something so magical about starting a new series and really diving into characters flaws and motivations and like picking out their like the actors who I want to see as them and like it's just like I I could do that part I could stretch that out for a really really long time um so I have to give myself a deadline for like starting to write (laughs) isn't that what uh Lauren was saying last time Lauren Lane when she was on about um she was talking about her outlining process remember she was just like I could just keep outlining forever When we were talking about To Serve With Love, her next one is supposed to yeah. be coming out. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and so I think kind of like what she said, she's like, I just like made myself start. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. So I started and I'm really happy with it. And um, I think it's like, even when you spend time, focus time on character development and plotting and everything, I think you still learn new things about the characters once you actually are diving into the story proper so that's always really fun and you know making little notes i mean like oh i need to like tweak this or change that which is why i don't do the detailed beats for the whole book before i start writing it (laughs) yeah no that makes sense so yeah that is all i'm working on right now nothing else which feels really nice to have like one solid focus (laughs) i'm like in the complete opposite boat (laughs) i like i am i need so i think we talked about this before i mean i know you and i have but so author woe, what happens <laughs> is our 
cover designers are book out so far in advance mm-hmm. that we have to get, even if we don't have a book coming out for a year, even if we don't even know what we're going to be writing yet, we still have <laughs> to get on their list and they have we have to get them to make covers for us ahead of time so that we have mm-hmm. covers. Otherwise, we don't get them. Well, <laughs> so my cover designers, um, they are, they need my, the next three books in the Forgotten Land series at least the first book, <laughs> they need it in by the end of October. Okay, that sounds all fine and dandy. Um, I have a gist of what I'm doing. I don't have a title yet. Um, and I really want to get all three books outlined and titled because they're they're going to want the covers, all the information consecutively because they're going to they're going to start pumping them out one month after the next. Well, mm-hmm. then they reach out to me at the beginning of this week and they're like, so we have we can get to these earlier. Uh, can you send us your briefs? And I'm like, uh, no. So I've been really on top of all of the stuff. Like I can't even go into all the stuff that I have on my plate right now, but I, there's so much stuff that is taking priority that I haven't had time to sit down and really dive into it. So it's really nagging at me. It's really stressing me out. So, um, yeah, so these are, these are for like, the Forgotten Lands. So do you... The next three books, yeah. Yeah, which are all like something and something, right? Yeah. 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 I have... I, I think I know... I think I know what I'm going to do for the next book. Like as far... Well, <laughs> I know what I want to do for like the basic storyline. I just don't have it like super potted out. But I, the title is... You know how... I, oh, yeah, we've had this... You and I have had this conversation because yeah. we both... Yeah, bounce you were, our ideas off you each were other. my like sounding yeah. board for figuring out what the heck I was going to call... Because um, I literally, oh my god, I just did it. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, we were. Ta- I think it was before we started the show, but we were talking about how our husbands give us a hard time for saying literally. Yeah, so we're trying all the to. time. Um, yeah. But I was uh, in this exact same position because my cover designer is starting on October first, and I had to figure out the titles for all three books in the um, Fateless trilogy because I booked her for three covers. Not that I knew what I was going to be booking her or like what right? covers they were going to be for. <laughs> She's it's like, yeah, a real problem. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so. that's what I need to be in that stage and be really excited about what you're, but like I wasn't really planning on doing that right the second and now I have yeah. to. And so I'm just, yeah. uh, I'm feeling the pressure. And of course my mind is just completely shut down. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, but because one of the things that I'm really working on right now, and I know I've talked about this off and on, but I'm actually working on it, is my grandma's is getting mm. my grandma's book, uh, turning it into an actual book. So my grandma, I've talked about this before, but my grandma wrote a book a long time ago. Um, but it's not, she never turned it into an actual book. It's just in a f- three hole punch folder, whatever. Um, with But she did illustrations and it's really nice and everything. And it's a beautiful story. And so she wrote it and her bucket list was that one day it would be turned into an actual book. So obviously that kind of falls on me because I'm the only one that knows how to do that, which is fine. But this is the time right now is when I plan to be working on it and I am working on it. Um, So I've been trying, but I have these, these illustrations that are 37 years old and she glued two pieces of paper together. So there's the glue is like seeping through on both sides. And so anyways, Molly in Molly, the uh, one of our, you know, cover designers is she's helping me get those. So they're at least 
Nice, yeah, and cleaned up. They're not like some creepy brown color. They actually are white now, and you can't see all of the glue seeping through. And I just got it transcribed. I did that. Um, so now I have to figure out. I've never, I've never formatted a children's book, so now I have to tackle that. And I want to figure out how my, I want my cousins to contribute because I want them to put some, not financially, but like. I want them to be able to put something in there for my grandma. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, do I want it to be a story, like a, their best memory of the ranch because it's about the ranch where we all grew up? Um, or do I want it to be just a note to grandma? Or, you know, what do we want it to be? So mm. anyway, I'm kind of in the middle of trying to get all this done because, as you know, when you order books, copies of your books, it, they take forever to get here. And I want to have it done mm-hmm. by Thanksgiving. I want to have copies so that I can take it to my grandma and be like, Grandma, here, here's your book. It's finally an actual physical book. But I need to get that done soon if that's what I'm going to be able to do. So anyway, that is what I've been working on. Well, on top of obviously a million other things. But That's such a sweet project. Yeah. I. Oh, what are the odds? Okay. She calls me two days ago. She's like, hey, sweetheart. Um, I was just curious. What Do you still have my book? I know you took it. It's been like a year. Like, I think it was maybe last Thanksgiving I took it. And she forgets no. everything else. I'm like, yeah. like, and she remembers this. She remembers this. And so she, and it was sitting right in front of me when she called. She goes, are you doing something with that? Do you need anything from me? And I was like, I, you know, grandma, I'm good. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm like, what do I tell her? I don't know. It's like, divert, divert. <laughs> so. Oh, anyway, um, so it, it, yeah, so now I'm like, darn it, it's on her radar, though. So it's not going to be quite a surprise when I give it to her. But I've waited way too long, obviously. This is the problem. This is why I need to get it done. So. <laughs> anyway, oh. it was funny because when I was saw my, my cousins this weekend, I, I told them, um, so, you know, I'm working on grandma's book and I need to figure out how you guys can all contribute. And they're like, oh, you need money? And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I need to figure out like how you guys can add something. Like, yeah, just let us know whatever. So anyway. I just, well, I, I know my, um, we have one kid's book that I can't think of what it's called. It's about like a tree. The story is a little meandery and it doesn't really have a purpose, but it's a little <laughs> bit sad. Like this tree ends up getting cut down, but, um, Oh, <laughs> these people wrote it about this tree that has like all of their memories are around this tree at their house. Like it's a family. I think it got, um, struck by lightning or something. And so it ended up like saving like a Christmas somehow. tree or something. I don't know. It was, it's like a big oak tree, I think. Mm. Um, Anyway, uh, the story was very clearly personal that somebody wrote about the tree at their house. Um, And then they had on the last page, it was, it said, like said, like the story, you know, basically was like the story of the story. And then it had like little pictures of the family and stuff. So that was really nice. An idea. No, it is. And well, this, the hard thing with this is it's actually about a ranch cat. I don't know if I ever told you, but uh, long story short, there was a wild cat that my grandma rescued and took in. And so it's actually about the, it's from the cat's perspective. Hmm. And the problem is, is there was only a few of us born who like at the time who even knew about the cat, my younger cousins who they're all in their twenties now or whatever, but they never knew the cat. So it's hard, like whatever their contribution has to be, it can't be specifically about the cat, which the story is about. So that's the other part. So, so I have to try and get like creative and figure out, does it just need to be focused on grandma or do we do it on the ranch? So anyway, yeah, we can move on. Sorry. We spent a lot of time on this, but anyway, that's what I've been working on. And, uh, yeah, my grandma's gonna, doesn't know it, but she's going to have a physical book soon. So, and Molly, I can't even, she's like, 
doing it for free. She's helping me for free, which is amazing. Aww. So yeah, she's like, oh, this is easy for me to help you. So she's like, let me know. I'll help you with formatting. So I was like, so sweet of her. It's like, thank God for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could figure it out, but you know, it's just yeah. nice to have uh, somebody in my corner who's helping with that. So yeah. Anyway. All right. So back on track for books. I mean, I guess we never really got off topic of books, but specifically we're talking about books and shows. We're talking about dun, da, 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 Shadow and Bone. Do you want Woo! to just read the blurb yeah. just to remind us all what it's about? And then we'll kind of dive into what our <laughs> boy, do I <laughs> want to uh, dive into? We'll dive into our thoughts. And yes. Um, okay. So uh, Shadow and Bone is the first book in the Shadow and Bone trilogy by Lee Bardugo, um, who, funny enough, um, I put off reading this book for years. Like this, this book was published a, a while ago, like 2012, according to Goodreads. Um, I put off reading this. Like I remember seeing it at Costco and being like, oh, it's my like Lee Bardugo. That's, that's clearly a dude. I'm not into it. <laughs> um, how so rude. I, mean, I, <laughs> I I think that I have said before, and so I think people are aware of this. I almost exclusively read books by women. I just prefer the the perspective mm-hmm. of uh, the female, not even the female perspective, and for the character. I just I don't know. I find it more relatable because I am also a female identifying person. Um. <clears throat> so anyway. Lee Bardugo, Lee Bardugo is a is a woman. <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, it's like the least PC thing I've ever said. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I just feel <laughs> I'm just gonna like dig my hole deeper. <laughs> no, everyone has preferences. It's fine. Like it's totally fine. I mean, whatever. I, I just feel like I've had too many bad experiences <clears throat> with male authors or male identifying authors um writing female characters <laughs> in a terrible way <laughs> i mean um and like very flat 2d ridiculous <laughs> kind of way hmm. um which actually if you read the heroine's journey totally makes sense why female characters come across that way in hero's journey based books it's it's part of their whole archetype. So um, just an interesting fact. Um, And because we live in a masculine dominated Western society, um, that feminine perspective has been disenfranchised quite heavily. So um, yeah, really highly recommend that book for people who want to dive into the reason why we have so many stories that are like the way the stories are that we have, if that makes that any makes sense, sense at all. Yeah. Um, okay, so Shadow and Bone. <clears throat> Surrounded by enemies, the once great nation of Ravka has been torn in two by the Shadow Fold, a swath of near impenetrable darkness crawling with monsters who feast on human flesh. Now its fate may rest on the shoulders of one lonely refugee. Alina Starkov has never been good at anything. Oh. <laughs> That's but when her, I know, I feel like she wasn't that pathetic to begin with. Um, okay. But when her regiment is attacked on the fold and her best friend is brutally injured. Okay. So backtrack that 
when they say Alina Starkov has never been good at anything, um, she has been 100% amazing kick-ass at loyalty, first right. off. That's true. That's mm. one of my co- one of my comments later, actually. Yeah. Uh, so take that, blurb writers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. When her regiment is attacked on the fold <laughs> and her best friend is brutally injured, Alina reveals a dormant power that saves his life, a power that could be the key to setting her war-ravaged country free. Wrenched from everything she knows, Alina is whisked away to the royal court to be trained as a member of the Grisha. Grisha? Grisha. Grisha. It is. Mm-hmm. The magical elite led by the mysterious Darkling, who I am obsessed with, and it just like gives me <laughs> shivers even thinking about him, aka Ben Barnes. Um, yet nothing in this lavish world is what it seems. With darkness looming and an entire kingdom depending on her untamed power, Alina will have to confront the secrets of the Grisha and the secrets of her heart. Uh, dun dun dun. <laughs> I have such mixed feelings. Like, I feel like people are going to hate me because mm. I, I know you already know what I'm going to say. I do. Um, we can, we can, let's, let's start at the top here. Let's, <laughs> let's just, uh, all right. <clears throat> LF, what are your favorite things about the book? And let's be clear just so everybody knows when, so when did you actually read the book? You read the book after you watched the show. Okay. But how let's long see, ago did, I did you read I, the book? I read the book after I watched the show and I, was in the middle of book two when I started A Court of Thorns and Roses, which was the August book club book, book club book. Good oh job. Good job. Thanks. That's an, L, um, that's an LP moment right there. <laughs> um, so it was probably in July. Okay. That I so read it. And I, I, watched, I watched it right before I read it. I watched I watched the show first. So we're, this is these are disclaimers, okay? Because we watched the show first. So the we watched the show. I watched the show um, a, when it first came out, like uh, probably the first couple weeks. Didn't I mean I knew it was had been a book, but I'd never read the book. And then I didn't read the book until probably a month, maybe a month and a half, two months ago, uh, when LF said she wanted to talk about it on the podcast. And so I read mm-hmm. it, and then after that, I watched it again. So just to be clear. Everything that's prominent in my mind is most mostly the show, um, and my thoughts. Well, you'll anyway, yeah. So, all right, so let's start with our favorite thing about the book, Linz. Why don't you go ahead? And- um, I really loved the like Russian esque setting. I didn't feel like I had read. Uh, so it's it's a fantasy book, um, right? It's not. A historical fantasy book it is an epic fantasy book um okay possibly ya i'm not sure i yeah, feel I like she's either. like 18 or 19 so um if it is it's like m- mature ya um not mature in like the sexy way i mean it might be i don't know i haven't gone that far um <clears throat> but uh older ya or just Okay, stop talking, Lindsay. Um, yeah, this is what happens when we have late nights, guys, when we're already delirious and drinking. Welcome to our lives. Okay, moving on. Um, so yeah, the Russian-esque. So it was very, like, all the name, place names, the people's names, um, was very, like, derivative of Russian, um, which was really cool. Uh, even the cover looks very Russian. Um 
And one of the changes that they made for the show uh, incorporated a biracial element for the main character, Alina, um, which is uh, very like Chinese based. Um, So it was like looking at that whole geographical region and some of the racial tensions and stuff um, that were there in the show. But in the book itself, um, the Russian-esque setting, I thought was really, really interesting and unique. Yeah, that's true. That's really cool. I remember when I first, when I was watching the first episode, obviously, again, I didn't read the book first. So when I remember when I was watching the episode, um, I was just like, this is so cool. I haven't, Mm -hmm. yeah, I haven't read a book. Obviously, there might be another one out there, but I haven't read a book that is set in a in an era or a location like that, which is really cool. Um, yeah. And, and kind of like further diving further into the uniqueness of that setting um, is like with epic fantasy books. I feel like they're almost always kind of like medieval, a medieval kind of time. Mm-hmm. That's um, but this was very much more like turn of the century, um, mm. like from around 1900. It yeah, felt. I actually was just going to say it had like a World War One, World War Two yeah. vibe to it. So yeah, I I get that too as well. Yeah. So I thought that was really neat and unique and interesting. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. And I know a lot of books do this, but I, I always appreciate it when... Um, so they have... You take you take things that we we experience in every day, like segregation and prejudice and whatnot, and you kind of... You make it, it's, you create this fantastical world, but you still work in those really modern, relevant, mm-hmm. you know, timeless, really, issues of society. And I just really like how they just turned it on. She just turned it on the head just a little bit. So that's more about what your powers are yeah. versus um, human versus, I'm sure there are other things I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. And- you know, it was just really cool that there were just like these, there, were, there was just like this very much like us versus them. Yeah. But... But by the end of the, um, at least by the show, I, it, it's a little different with the book, obviously, but I have a feeling they're going in this direction. I mean, obviously, I don't know for sure. I haven't read the entire series, but I really like that, at least with the show, by the end of the show, it was just everybody looked at everybody, a completely blank, like a new slate. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a different perspective. They had different world experiences, and it was no longer where you're from and whatever your label was, it was yeah. about the actual person. And I really, yeah. I really appreciated that too. So, yeah. And, and um, I feel like it to like do a cross-reference to something like totally ridiculous, not ridiculous, but not really related to this at all. It's like an X-Men. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel yeah, like, like the this, mutants versus humans. Yes. Or whatever. This, yeah. That's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, this like social um, 100%. like prejudice and segregation and tension totally come. It's like very similar to that in terms of like the majority doesn't have these powers and the minority has these powers. Um, but because the majority, there's a lot more of them. They're able to kind of like isolate these more powerful people and target them and suppress them. Um, yeah. As well, I use them as weapons in war and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, the other thing that I really liked about the I really liked about the book, even not just the the show, but I really I really liked Alina's character as far as her 
her, her friendship with Mal, because um, I really like just, we were talking about loyalty, which is a huge thing. And I, you, that really comes across with her. I mean, obviously she has a couple hiccups along the way, but you know, everybody does. And that's part of her character arc and her, you know, entanglement with the darkling and whatnot. But it's just, I really enjoyed, I thought her friendship with Mal and everything they'd gone through together from when they were younger and all that she sacrificed without even really realizing it for him was just really endearing. Yeah. And I, I really, I really liked that. About well, her. And I think diving deeper into that, um, I feel like her loyalty um, to Mal and, and I feel like they really emphasize this in the book a lot more than in the show. Um, her, the thing that turned her down this like darker path um, and like, potentially aligning with the darkling and stuff was really her feeling like Mal betrayed her or Mm -hmm. like he gave like, you know, like she felt like she had given him everything. She had done everything. Like she suspected she was going to have, she suspected she was going to have these powers that were going to separate them. And she did everything in her part to keep them together. And then Mm -hmm. she felt like he abandoned her and she felt betrayed. And so it really was her loyalty was like that, that element that then got Mm -hmm. twisted on its head and like kind of broke her for a little while. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, no, I really liked that a lot. I like that a lot. (sighs) All right, cool. All right. So, so, Oh, I guess you're the leader on this one. No, I don't care. I know. I <laughs> um, absolutely no leader in this. Uh, I was just going to go. So our next, we were going to t- start talking about our favorite things about the show. So LF, I know you have a very important topic you want to discuss. <laughs> I'll let you I, run with that. I really want to talk about <clears throat> Ben Barnes. Yeah. Um, drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Um, ben Barnes is the actor who plays the Darkling. Uh, You might also know him from Westworld. He was Logan, the kind of asshole brother um, of a guy who turned out to be an even bigger douche nozzle. Um, (laughs) He, oh man, he's just like so perfect as the Darkling. Um, I mean, I think part of it is the changes and we're going to talk about the changes next. Um, so I don't want to get too deep into that. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, like I'm ha- in the book. I honestly, I'm not like super in love with either the darkling or Mal from the book for Alina, but in the show, I am like 100% Ben Barnes darkling. Like that is who Alina needs to be with. And I feel like the actor who played Mal and the way that they rewrote him actually made me like him a lot too. Like, I don't feel like there's a bad choice for her here yeah. in terms of her love interests. Um, I mean, other than the fact that the Darkling does like terrible, terrible things. <laughs> but he does have a reason. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but Ben Barnes as the Darkling is just perfect. And he's just like this beautiful tall um if you follow follow him on instagram just like amazingly wonderful human um musician uh ah, interesting yeah he um uh, yeah he just i feel like for me he totally stole the show so it's funny you because i i feel like every time i see him in a show because he's also every i feel like everything you think about dorian gray he was played in he was in yeah. that he was he was yeah, cast very- 
yeah, he's Caspian. I, I don't, I didn't see that, but I have a feeling he was a good guy in that. Um, yes, Prince Caspian. But then he was also in uh, The Punisher, the Netflix series The Punisher, and he was oh, he played was. Billy in that. Yeah, and he was amazing in that, but he was like the villain also. Yeah. Um, and so I feel, and I, and you were talking about Westworld, and I was t- commenting a while back about how it sucks because he's such an amazing actor, but because he's always the villain, you don't even have to know the story and you already know he's going to be the villain because he's yeah. always the villain and he's such a good villain. Yeah. So that kind of like, kind of, I don't know. Like it just makes me sad. You know, it's like, I yeah. feel like I already know the story if I, if he's in it, you know, but like that being said, <laughs> right. Um, but that being said, um, he's for keep, for some reason he keeps coming into my mind for, um, one of my, my next, <laughs> Forgotten Land series, but my next Forgotten Land series person is not is not a bad guy. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see if I can carry on with that or not. But I feel like he is like definitely in the back of my mind for Atum, the male lead um, for the Fateless trilogy. Aside from the fact that this guy in my book is not white, so <laughs> that right. doesn't work. But his essence, his heart. Yeah is there that's cool yeah anyway so everybody loves ben barnes okay i guess we don't have to keep saying that because we all everybody does um okay so one of the other things though because you kind of touched on this too about how you really liked how um in the show at least they really developed malmore and i i honestly and i know we're kind of getting into things that um that you know that they changed from the book but i honestly i'm so glad that they built his character up more for the yes. show because mal is not a necessarily a likable character no. in the book to me because he's so flat and one dimensional yeah so i was i was obviously and like a I, dick. you know he's a he's kind of a dick in the book toward uh, alina i just I, yeah i think like I mean, it's fun, he, you know, Ben Barnes is, uh, or the Darkling is definitely eye candy, but I felt like I was still rooting for Mal the whole time yeah. I was watching um, the show. So I really enjoyed that because when I went to start reading the book and they talk about all the stuff that Mal um, experiences, like he tells Alina about it, but it's just like, almost like it's in passing. Like it was no big deal hunting the yeah. stag and da, da, da. But then like it could, it just adds so much more depth to even the story of the stag. Yeah. Like just seeing that in the show um, just laid so many more layers. So I really, yes. I really liked that about the show as well. Yeah. So, and I also think that Alina's like felt like a stronger character in the show. She kind of bothered me a little bit in the book. I felt like she was kind of whiny yes. and like kind of meh. Yeah. So I really, I they made they, her a lot stronger in the show. Yeah. I think that maybe one of my favorite things about the show um, is the casting choices they made. I feel like they cast it really well. Um, in a way that like shed the best light on each character. So I think yeah. Ben Barnes was perfect as the Darkling. I think I don't know his name was perfect as Mal, and Jesse May Lee was perfect as Alina, and even um oh the kind of like um her like female foe. Uh, oh, uh, the wind one, the wind. Yeah, yeah. I don't know her name either. Uh, <laughs> yeah i mean even uh, i think that they were all cast just really oh and the um uh je, her like friend oh jen um, um yeah the one with the uh the make the tailor she was yeah, the, tailor, the tailor but she was oh my gosh she was perfectly cast okay yeah see this this is what happens when you read it and yeah. slash watch it like two months before we um, do this podcast. i can't remember 
But, uh, but anyway. I th- and I think part of the reason I love that ca- casting so much is because I think all of those actors did an amazing job. But I also think that um, Jesse May Lee, who plays Elena, the main character, has amazing chemistry with every single person in that show. And I think that that really came across. And I think that made me like the Darkling more um, and root for them, even though he does terrible, terrible things. <laughs> Truly terrible things. And I think that also made me root for Mal. Like in the, I think it was in the first episode, we get this really touching scene with her and Mal and. He steals the grapes for her in that, that. Yes. And they're just kind of like gazing at each other and you can see how much she adores him. And you can also see that he adores her, but maybe there's like some fear. There's like hesitancy. And it's just a really sweet, like, Mm -hmm. are they going to be a friends to lovers thing or not? And yeah, I think that like the chemistry between all the actors in the cast just really yeah. shines through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we're kind of already talking about the changes we like. So what else? <laughs> um, I know you're talking um, about the crows. We both loved that. Yes, um, that I do want to add one thing um, about oh, the yeah. setting, which I don't think is a necessarily a change um, to the show, which is why I want to say it before we really get into the like hardcore changes. Um, but I feel like. And maybe it was just me, um, but I don't feel like this came across in the book, but I definitely felt like it came across in the show is that there was like a steampunk kind of element in the show. Did you feel like that was there? Yeah. I mean, I think if you, in a way, like you just, it's kind of just this alternate reality slash history Mm -hmm. um, or whatever. I know it's not supposed to be a historical fantasy, but it feels like it could be, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, in that way, yeah, I I guess. Um, but I definitely, I'm trying to think, the problem is, is I'm trying to figure out if I got any sort of feeling like that when I was reading the book versus no. just, so that's just the thing, like, in the show. I feel yeah. like it, it just totally I didn't different. feel like it was in the book. I feel like yeah, it was in the show. probably. And I feel like the only reason I may feel like it was in the book is because I already had the images from the show in my head. Yeah, that's hard. See, that's why... I, and it's hard because I know I know there's gonna be a lot of people that probably loved the the book better, but and I just I wonder how we would have felt if we would have read the book first because I know yeah. that's obviously a huge thing because we didn't really know, I, at least for me I didn't know what I was going getting into when I started watching it I I didn't know what to expect I had heard of the story had zero idea what it was about so I went yeah. into it like kind of blind and so it's really I, easy yeah. to fall in love with it versus already having all these expectations, you know, from reading the yeah. book, which again, I also do. went into the show blind other than just hearing people say, uh, say amazing things about it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, take whatever our, our opinions are with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> we're biased. Um, yeah. Okay. So sorry. So back to the, we will changes we liked was incorporating the crows. Obviously that was, that made it so oh, much more interesting so to me. Yes. And also the um, storyline with the, uh, what are they called? Heart renders. Um, mm-hmm. But I think her was, name was Nina. And with the guy who was like, I don't know. The, I can't remember. Yeah. The jailer guy or whatever. Yeah. The, yeah. Or, or yeah. Slave, slave, slaver guy or. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought their little, little almost love story was 
I really liked where that was going. So I'm excited to see where that goes in season two. So since we're talking about the crows, I just wanted to say I had to, one thing that I didn't think they did a good job of, if they were going to incorporate them, I feel like we needed a little bit more background on who the Mm. crows were because I had to look it up. I didn't know that Jesper, Jesper, it's not Jasper, right? Jesper. I think it's Jesper. um, He's supposed to be Grisha. I didn't know that. And I don't think that ever said that. Oh, I didn't know that. According to what I looked up online, he's supposed to be Grisha. And I didn't get that. Um, There's this whole huge history about uh, the different characters. And I just feel like if you're going to throw them all in there, we need some like we need some sort of a little bit more history on who they are and how they found each other. Because I felt a little I felt like I I didn't feel confused so much as I felt like I was missing something the whole time. And so, again, I and my second time watching it, I was like, oh, I'll probably be able to figure out a lot more. And I still was confused. So my second time watching it, I still I that's when I went and I looked at all the characters. Yeah, so. I I agree. I was also I very all confused. Up. And I think part of my confusion also stemmed from knowing that there was another series that was about crows or I can't remember if the series mm-hmm. is called The Six of Crows or if it's just the first book in the series is yeah. called The Six of Crows. Um, but I was like, wait, what? Like, is this multiple books shoved into yeah. one? So I feel like that also confused me. Yeah. Um, but I definitely was like, how do these people fit into this? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. I think um, that would probably be one of my, it, I don't have a lot of complaints. I mean, I really liked the story a lot, but I think that would probably be my number one thing that I, I felt like I was missing something the whole time. So. I wish they would yeah. have worked that out a little bit more. Yeah, so. I thought, um, yeah. But I think that it, it added a lot of richness. I really loved the way that they intertwined the crows yeah. with Alina's story and how they like would cross paths and stuff. And then it all came together at the end. It all, it definitely makes me curious as to how much they had to change from their story. Is Because it's their story. Is Alina in that? Or is it they have their very no, own No, their everything? story takes place after the events of... The Shadow and Bone trilogy. Yeah, so, so this is really, not from their story. This is new. This just is like a then, prequel. Got it. Interesting. So from what I read, yeah. On the so interesting. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. This is what happens when you don't read the books first, ladies and gents. <laughs> <laughs> Total confusion. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay. So um, I would say another change that I loved about the show versus the books is that in the books, everybody so far as I could tell was just white, just a bunch of white people. Um, And I really loved that in the show, there was so much diversity um, just among the characters. Yeah. I guess I I should say racial diversity, Um, but yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what my impressions were. I'm telling you, man, I, I wasn't, I really wasn't impressed with the book. I I feel like I was, I, I kept having to bring myself back and pay attention, Lindsay, pay attention. Cause we're going to be talking about this on the podcast, but I was just kept going like, uh, it's so flat. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I was, I'm, uh, I'm the worst. Sorry, everybody. No, it's fine. And uh, I, um, I know. So relating to the diversity issue, I know that I read that Lee Bardugo, Lee Bardugo herself had said that this was the first book she wrote and that if she could go back, there were things that she would change, especially some things about characters and that she really wanted, she was really excited and happy about 
making the change for Elena's character of having her be half shoe, um, which was an Asian based mm-hmm. fantasy culture. Um, and she was really excited about incorporating that element into that character. So kind of like yeah, getting I mean, a chance to that. redo it. I mean, I totally see it. Like, I know that there's things that we would. If- oh yeah. I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. That's where my mind was exactly where my mind was. If the ending series was going to be adapted into a TV show, there is so many lot, things that yeah, we would be like, we're going to do this different. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> mm. Yes. <laughs> so everyone's favorite. I don't know why. <laughs> No, I, I love that people love that series. Um, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Awkward silence. Okay. And. <laughs> um, okay. So I think you we mentioned. Both ag- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. We, we both agree that um, Mal's character is vastly improved in the show. Yep. Like so much improved. And I think that you've already talked about this. Yeah, um, already. But I would say that especially his behavior toward Alina, like he was very, ugh, just like, ugh, like, he was like the kind of guy that you just want to be like, go away, you know? In the book, yeah. Yes. He was just like very like possessive and like jealous and like, he would be like m- accusing her of like, I don't know, like hooking up with the Darkling or like before, I don't know. He would just was like very much like, She's been in love with you your whole life, dude. And now all of a sudden, like, she gets her own life finally. And you're going to be an a-hole about it? Like, really? Yeah. I wish. I so he wasn't like that, that in the in the show. Definitely wasn't <laughs> was in the great. show. No. Yeah. Um, definitely wasn't. But also, I think it was really nice to see, as you said, some of his actual... He got his own story in the show. We got to see some of his motivations and his drive... And all the sacrifices that he made in his journey. Yeah, um, definitely. He was definitely yeah. likable in that. Um, and then um, talking about the Darkling. So you, mm. I don't know, you can talk about his backstory and stuff. I feel like you kind of might yeah. have already, but. Yeah. So I have very similar feelings about how Mal's character was improved in the show. Um, I have very similar feelings about the Darkling. Um, and I think adding backstory and perspective uh, really helps for both of them. Um, and I know that's one of your um, yeah, items definitely. on here is about his backstory. Um, and I think that we, I think it makes him, instead of just like a villain, it turns him more into a gray character um, that we get to see his motivations are really about I don't know if protecting is the right word, but like trying to find freedom for or fighting for the rights for his people. Yeah. Yeah, And he is willing to do it. He's very much like an ends justify the means perspective. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's understandable when you see like what happened to him and his backstory and how much he lost um, from the humans or the non-Grishas. Um, yeah, so I really loved that. And I also loved relating to the Darkling. Um, I really 
loved the changes that they made in terms of him and Alina's kind of like romantic interactions. I felt like he was very like kind of like creepy older man, dominant, pushy, manipulative in the books versus in the show, like Alina's the first one to kiss him. And like, she was, she was like very much her own woman in the show versus he was, it felt kind of like he was taking advantage of her in a creepy way in the books. (laughs) It's funny. I, one of the, one of the things I really like about him too is it, and maybe it, it feels that way in the books as far as, you know, your take on it, because again, maybe lack of a little bit of justification on his side and backstory or whatnot, because he doesn't have a lot of, there's not a lot of justification slash motivation behind what he's doing other than he's just evil and creepy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but another one of the things I thought it was really interesting is he plays like one of the biggest bad guys, or he is the biggest bad guy, and they kind of end it with like, Oh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like at the end of the book, they just said, oh, rumor has it that he survived somewhere, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, that's like all they said. <laughs> and it was just kind of like brushed over. And then mm. I really liked how oh my God, that the scene. show, when he comes uh, out of the fold and he's just like tattered and torn and he's like, oh, he's on a mission. And then oh. his creatures come out behind him. And I'm like, oh, damn, oh. that gave me chills. I know. I just got shivers thinking about it. Like he stands up and he just goes, follow. Yeah. (sighs) And so I just thought that was so much stronger as far as his character, his storyline. And then just like mentioning there's rumors that he lived or something. Mm -hmm. I just remember them saying rumors and I was just kind of like let down by that. Yeah. It very, in the show, I feel like they very much established him as, you know, the whole, like the villain is the hero of his own story. Like he, if you were to if we were to see this story from his perspective, we would totally be able to see how he could be seen as the the potential hero or maybe the anti-hero. Yeah. But yeah. like there is an argument for his perspective. I really feel like we should have started this episode with a disclaimer, not necessarily well, definitely about the, you know, spoiler alerts, but a disclaimer saying we are we are pro show. We're pro show, not necessarily pro book, because I feel like people who love the book are going to hate this episode. They're going to be like, I know, oh my I'm God, so sorry. But this is not to say that we didn't enjoy the book. And clearly, the book was a source material for this. There were just subtle changes that they meet that they made. And I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I am fairly certain that Lee Bardugo was a writer on the show as well. Like, so she was involved. Well, she also, I know she produced it for sure. So she yeah. was, so she, she was, was very involved. much involved in the changes that were made. Like, and like we already said, like LP and I would 100% make a like gazillion changes to yeah. our books. <laughs> after the ending. <laughs> yeah. After the ending for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that series. Yeah. So anyway, we're not like, it's, she's not, she's still a great writer. We're not saying she's not yes. a great writer. We're just saying we really appreciated the adaptation for the show yeah sure. i mean I, I, t- in a sense it's kind of like a dream as an author to get the chance to look at a book that so many people love and say like okay i would like just want to make it a little bit like better i yeah. wish i could have done this differently if i could and, here's my wish list see yeah. what you can do about it yeah yes that's cool yeah sigh because i do feel like it was a good it was a good book yeah and i do want to finish the series i know everyone loved the series yeah i feel mm-hmm. like i need to keep reading yeah, for sure. So, hmm. I and and to be fair, um, 
it go, looking at the series that distracted me, um, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, um, I also got stuck on a book in that series, which is, I feel like it's book five, maybe. Um, but I just like, I'm really struggling with a character in that book, and she's just terrible. So it's Nesta, FYI. It, it happens. <laughs> it happens. And everybody agrees she's awful. Mm, and I know I that the that. next book is from her perspective. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. <laughs> I have no way in on that. I'm not that far. I only read the first book. So, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Maybe it's book four that I'm in then. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So uh, do you have any changes from the book to the show that you didn't like? I feel like I kind of maybe whittled them in there somewhere. Um, hmm. uh, 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 can I remember what they are? Absolutely not. <laughs> do you want I me to remember say anything? my one? No, yeah, do your one. I, okay. if something will come to you. If not, this is all on you, girl. I'll agree right. or disagree. I'm sure I'll end up agreeing. Yeah. Okay, so um, I so there was I feel like in the book. Um, Lee Bardugo did a really good job of connecting. Oh, so it's like an, an essential element of Alina's character. So when we first meet Alina, she's like this kind of like mousy, wimpy young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like sickly, um, like very pale. Uh, and throughout the book, we learn that there's a very close tie for the Grisha between their like physical well-being and their use of their powers. And so as Alina discovers that she's a Grisha and starts to use her power, she kind of blossoms. Um, and she like actually like is able to gain weight and not be like stick thin and stuff. And, um, I really loved that connection between her physical well-being and the use of her power um, in that her power wasn't like an essential element of herself versus this world that's trying to cut this power out of her and out of people Mm -hmm. like her um, saying that it's something unnatural and wrong. Like clearly for them, it is something 100% essential and very natural for them and very right. Um, So I really liked the like, kind of like visual manifestation of that in the books. And I do not feel like it, it was included at all in the show. Um, other than like maybe one small reference where Mal said something about how yep, being, that's the only thing I remember. Yeah, yep. Being a Grisha looks good on her or something like that. Yeah. And she, I, he, I was like, you oh, gained weird. weight. It looks good on you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just that felt was... like very, and it stood out to me in the show before I had read the book as being like a very out of place thing. That one comment. Um, and I, I thought it was an essential part of the book that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. I forgot about that. I do remember him him saying that too. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Not because it's bad to say somebody like looks good and healthy, but just because it did feel like it came out of nowhere and like it was yeah. supposed to mean something, but you didn't actually really know what it was supposed to mean. Yeah. Versus in the book, it was like really well woven throughout and it was, kind of like developed slowly throughout the whole story. So. Well, there you have it. All yeah. of our ramblings and multiple, many 
heated decisions and opinions, guys. We clearly feel very strongly about these things. <laughs> AKA Ben yeah. Barnes. Um, I feel very heated about Ben Barnes. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Just so you know, um, anybody who's interested, and I don't know what it's called because I just like passed through it. Um, I think it was like last night or something. I just got the Sundance app. Um, they're right. They're doing currently doing a six months for ninety nine cents a month. Uh, so I got it because they have the Discovery of Witches is on there, and I wanted mm-hmm. to catch up on that. And Ben Barnes has a series. I, I think it's a series. I don't think it's a movie i think it's a series either way there's a um there's a show slash um movie that he has on there that it's totally on my the top of my list to watch um it's him about him and um oh it's him it's a love story about him and an older woman so uh i have a feeling he's not gonna be the bad guy in it which is what i'm excited about so um i'm gonna check it out so if anybody's interested and anybody has sundance or you want to have sundance for i don't even know if it's still going but like I said, it's like six dollars for six months. So I'm like, I can't pass that up so I can catch up on Discovery of Witches. <laughs> yeah. And then I found some fun stuff along the way. A Discovery of Witches. A Discovery of Witches is mm-hmm. one of my favorite books. Mm. Yeah. Um I I do I wanna say, um, since we don't have like any guest to say shout outs for their social media, I'm gonna say like check out Ben Barnes's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um because okay for a guy who is I, I just like wonder how he feels about constantly being typecast as a villain um because he is like the happiest like sweetest looking guy in his instagram he just like poor guy <laughs> don't worry he has another follower because of you i am committed to following him now on instagram <laughs> good yeah well no, um okay i will is there uh, anything else you would like to share before I? I don't think on? so. I think that I mean, this was fun. I I've learned a lesson though in all of this, and that is it's so hard because we're I know we're so busy. I wish I could have postponed reading and listening mm. or re or listening to the book and watching the show closer to recording this because my mind is such a blur. Like it, it yeah. all kind of goes together and I know that I didn't hate the book, but at the same time, I can't think of very many good things to say about it. So again, take my opinion with a grain of salt because I, this was all two months ago. So I just, I, I lesson for me is really figure out a way to try. And if we, when we do these again, is to try and do it closer because you know, my memory's already bad. So unless I'm <laughs> taking copious notes while I'm reading then I'm going to forget everything. So yeah. Note to self, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving on. It's my bedtime note. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Please don't hate us. Um, Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode's links and the book recommendations. Uh, We will be back. I don't know if we have any links other than Ben Barnes's Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely adding that. Um, We'll be back in a couple of weeks with author Vanessa Vale to chat about her brand new cowboy romance, North, um, which I think you wrote down in our spreadsheet is like a survival book. That's what I was told. Um, I guess we'll see. Mm. Um, 
And I'm pretty sure this is going to be my first ever like cowboy romance book. So I'm pretty excited about that. Really? Yes, I do like a cowboy. So nice. um, if you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you left us a review on iTunes. And don't forget to join the No Shelf Control Facebook group linked to in the show notes. And if you leave us a review on iTunes telling us that you don't like us because we dissed on Shadow and Bone. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> we really like the book. We just like the show a little bit more. <laughs> and a lot of that is because of Ben Barnes. So um, take it up with him. Send him some hate mail. <laughs> Don't send Ben Barnes hate mail. He's a very I'm nice kidding. guy. <laughs> okay. That would be mean. That's bad karma. <laughs> Until next time. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.